Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice. The Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built Ford Tough. Like the guy with the radio voice just said, welcome to the DenverSports.com zone. Chad Brown, Orlando Franklin, the Players Club. Two-thirds of us are here. Nate Jackson is going to be enjoying practice today, so he's get the, I guess, the day off from working with you and I, Big O. Uh, to get things started, Training Camp 2023 is on air thanks to Ting Internet. If you live in Centennial, make Ting your light-speed internet provider. For the low price of $89 a month, go to ting.com slash centennial for more information. Well, oh, it didn't take long. We know this every year that there's always going to be an injury early in training camp. And unfortunately for the Broncos, it was Tim Patrick, a guy they were certainly counting on this year. But more importantly, someone who, uh, after recovering from his ACL last year, everyone was rooting for. Yeah, absolutely. You hate it for him, right, Chad? You you work your butt off. You're isolated from the football team. And then you get back out there and you're ready to showcase what you could do, right? Show that you deserve that contract. Show that you could have a breakout year, maybe in a, a thousand yards with Sean Payton coming in. And, and yesterday you, you go down on an injury that you know, your foot just slips kind of right out from underneath you. And now your season's over. It's a gut check, and uh, I just really feel bad for Tim Patrick right now at this point. Yeah, uh, we've also got some news about K.J. Hamler, who has left the team to deal with a heart condition, so the wide receiver room hit pretty hard yesterday. I have to imagine that uh, George Payton and Sean Payton will be looking at the guys who are at home on their couch, uh, trying to figure out if one of those guys are worth bringing in, and when you lose two guys, well, at least one guy you were counting on, one guy you were hopeful you would be able to count on this season. Yeah, you got to get through training camp no matter what. Two bodies down yesterday. I, I, KJ Hamler has not been out there at this point, but now with Tim Patrick going down, you have to insert a body in out there right away. Wide receiver position, these guys are going to run probably about 5,000 yards each and every day in, in practice. You cannot just look at that room and say, hey, we are good with what we have right here now in order to get through this long, grueling training camp. Yesterday was day five got to get a body in here as fast as possible to not increase the workload of these guys because that's when the injuries really start piling up. Now yesterday you were at practice when Tim Patrick went down and uh, I remember last year being at Patrick when he went uh, at practice when he went down with the right ACL tear yesterday was a left Achilles injury uh, the air literally left the practice field um, the the practice tempo after that never returned. Uh, the the positive feelings never returned. It was a rough day for Broncos country, Broncos players on the field. Tell me about the feeling yesterday when Timmy Pats went down. A uh, completely different feeling, Chad. Uh, your memory does serve you correct. Last year, when it happened, the whole practice stopped last year. Mm-hmm. Like, offense, defense, didn't matter what you were doing, special teams, everybody stopped, and it stopped for about 10 or 15 minutes last year when it happened, when Tim Patrick tore that right ACL. Yesterday, it was more or less the same. Unfortunately, what we have grown up accustomed to when we played this game of football, when a guy gets hurt, what do they do? They move up 10, 15 yards, and they continue to go with that drill. Uh, you could see guys were affected by it. You saw Cortland Sutton. You saw Russell Wilson come to Tim Patrick's aid and kind of just were right there. Russ stopped the drill. Like, it, it was the ones were up where Russ, like, removed himself and, and did not 
finish up that rack of mm-hmm. uh, plays that he was supposed to do. Ended up going back in later on, in, later in that period, but he kind of stopped completely and was just, you know, tending to a, his teammate, his brother, his friend. But different uh, sheriff in town with Sean Payton, clearly, and things are being ran differently. Like what we all know, unfortunately, with football, that is next man up. When a guy does get hurt, you do move the drill up 10 yards and you keep on going because you're wasting valuable practice time or whatever the case may be. Although how unfair it may seem, that's how football has always been. Yeah, with the CBA, they are limited in the amount of time they can spend on the field every day. There are uh, cameras in every league facility around the room to provide information to the NFL and to the NFL PA about how much time they're on the field. So literally, while it may seem uh, quite unhuman-like for the coaches to say, move the drill, same time there is work to do. Things have to be accomplished in this certain amount of time frame, and we can't lose valuable practice time for Tim Patrick or anyone else being down on the ground. As a guy who's been on the ground during training camp, uh, yeah, I broke my fibula. They brought the cart out. Five minutes later, practice was rolling. You know, and I was sitting there in, in the training room looking out the window, watching practice go without me as my fibula you know, was shattered into about six different pieces. And the doctors were talking about how many screws and plates they were going to put into my leg. Literally 12 minutes after I broke my leg on the practice field. Uh, sometimes this game is bananas and it's uh, quite... It, it can steal and rob you of some of your humanity from time to time. And uh, move the drill is one of those most dehuman moments, dehumanizing moments of, of football for sure. It's crazy that they do it at, at whatever level. You know, the only from the time you get to high school, high school, college, you know, playing professionally, and whether you're in the NFL or any one of these arena leagues or you know, I, what is it? Arena in the XFL, um, USFL, USFL, yes, uh-huh. array of different football organizations. It's the same thing. And, you know, I worry about what we create, Chad, you know, the people that we create and, and the mentalities that we create. Because mm. I, I've, there's no secret into this. I talked about this all the time. I struggled leaving the game of football and just acclimate into the real world because with football, you know exactly where you stand. With football, somebody gets hurt, you, you move up. With football, there's even people, as harsh as it sounds, people... There are guys on this football team that cannot wait for their opportunity. And if it comes with an injury or it comes with a suspension, guys don't care. Like, hey, you know what? You got hurt. I finally get my opportunity. It's almost like they're happy in that situation. But that's the mentality and the mindset that we create at such a young age. So how do you now later on in life make sure that these guys are okay when they're getting readjusted to society? That's an interesting question. Nate and I talked about that yesterday when you were at practice, that if you are an NFL football player who's at home on his couch right now, you are literally hoping for injuries. When you see the Tim Patrick news and you're a wide receiver at home on your couch, you're actually excited about that. That is good news They're for you. to make phone calls. Yes, your, your agent is reaching out to you. Did you see the news? Tim Patrick went down. He's done for the year. That is now good news for you, bad news for Tim Patrick. So to your point, this game can twist you up in some odd mental ways to where, yes, if you are at home, you are hoping for someone to get hurt 
so now you can get your opportunity. That's It's bananas when you think about it that way. You look at a guy like Dalton Reisner where we found out yesterday that he was um, visiting with the Minnesota Vikings and congrats to Dalton. I have, I'm pretty sure that he's probably going to end up signing with them, but Dalton, the later and later free agency went on for a guy that thought that his market was going to be booming, the more and more he started to hope for injuries. And, man, I can't wait until somebody gets hurt. And it doesn't matter how nice of a person you are because anybody that knows Dalton Risers knows that he's a, a pillar in this community and, and, you know, loves the state of Colorado and wants to do everything possible for the younger generation that's coming up. But that is the harsh reality. The last couple of months, he has been hoping and praying that somebody will get hurt so he could get now get his opportunity this game is bananas i love it absolutely but that's uh, one of the ugly truths about this game you wish for people to get hurt so you can get your opportunity hey if you're coming out to broncos training camp please stop by the denversports.com zone and grab a bottle of water water brought to you uh courtesy of our friends at gravinas when big o and i come back we got more to dive into with this tim patrick injury how significant of a loss is it for that wide receiver room and this broncos offense that's next Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice. The Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built Ford Tough. Chad Brown, Orlando Franklin, Players Club. Welcome back in on a Tuesday. Big news yesterday. Tim Patrick goes down with the left Achilles tear almost a year to the day after suffering a right ACL tear at practice. Both injuries, non-contact injuries. Uh, We certainly all feel for Tim Patrick and the situation that he finds himself in. Uh, The question now moves from what was the injury what does this actually mean? Now we got to discuss what does this mean for this offense, for this wide receiver room? Uh, I think we all value as football players what Tim Patrick is as a football player. In my opinion, the best football player in that wide receiver room. Uh, but how significant of a loss is this big O and how difficult is it going to be re- to replace Tim Patrick's contributions? I think this is very significant to this football team. I think Tim Patrick brings a mindset that Sean Payton is trying to obtain. I think Tim Patrick walks in with that mindset from day one. There's no, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. You don't have to, you know, get this guy going. You don't got to give him a pep talk to get out there and practice. He's going to go out there and work his butt off every single day. He's going to bring that lunch pail to work, right, and just go out there, keep his head down, and grind. Uh, Anything you need me to do, Coach, I am ready to go. You need me to run through that wall? I'll do that, Coach. Sign me up. I think the mindset of this football team has been horrible the last couple years. So first and foremost, I think the biggest thing that this team now has lost is a guy that brings a great attitude to work each and every day. That it doesn't matter how he's feeling, that he's willing to go out there and give it 110%. Can we quantify the loss of Tim Patrick in, in yards? Can we quantify it in points per game? Is is this offense going to look different? I know he's a loss for this football team, and I admire all the intangibles that he brings. And you and I know the intangibles are a very important part of the locker room and position rooms. But separate from the intangibles, from the mindset, the toughness, the, the willingness to go out and block, 
isn't going to show up on the scoreboard this year? I don't think one person can affect a scoreboard in any other position other than a quarterback position, to be honest with you. You know, your second-string quarterback is nowhere good, as good as the, the starting quarterback. Heck, there's 32 of those in, in the National Football League, and yet every single year there's a couple quarterbacks that are drafted in the first round, and, and teams are trying to get that quarterback. So for me, when you look at for solely a scoreboard aspect and points and, you know, points per, per game and yardage and touchdowns per game, I think the quarterback position is the one position that has a drastic effect on that. Where Tim Patrick now is, yeah, you're going to miss him. You're going to miss a guy that brings a certain mindset. But at the same time, you know, maybe Brandon Johnson is the guy that fills that role. Maybe it's Jalen Virgil that fills that role. Maybe it's one of these other guys, right? A little Jordan Humphreys. Maybe it's a, a, a different guy that I have not mentioned. But I think Sean, in the Sean Payton's offense, that offense is still going to be efficient. It's still going to be effective out there. So I don't necessarily think that you can really look at any particular position chad and say that position yeah man with that guy being out you know the broncos are gonna average three and a half points less this season because of it looking at this wide receiver room we we, i thought there was four spots sewed up tim patrick jerry judy corlin sudden and marvin mims and then after that, were they going to keep five or were they going to keep six? So it was going to be a, a very difficult decision for Sean Payton and George Payton to make when it came to final cut time. Now Tim Patrick has been eliminated from the picture. K.J. Hamler is out of the picture, at least for the foreseeable future. So now we've only got three musts. Jerry, Judy, Corlin Sutton, Marvin Mims. Um, and I suppose, depending on how you uh, view someone like maybe little Jordan Humphreys, who's actually not little. He's the biggest of the guys in the room. And if you're going to seek someone with the skill set from a physical standpoint to replace Tim Patrick in the run game as a wide receiver, little Jordan Humphreys would certainly be the first up to bat if I were giving out those opportunities. Absolutely. I I think that his workload has got bigger. I think that um, Montreal Washington, his workload has got bigger because he might be a little bit more involved on offense now, Mm -hmm. right, because of this injury. Um, you, You look at like guys like Brandon Johnson, Jalen Virgil, all these other guys in this wide receiver room. And let's just talk about the harsh reality. Tim Patrick getting hurt, it's a great opportunity for yeah. these guys. Mm-hmm. It might be a blessing in disguise for the Denver Broncos because now you're going to take a bigger look at some of these other guys not named Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Marvin Mims Jr. You're really going to kind of dial it in and, and look at, okay, we're going to increase their, their rep loads. We're going to now work these guys at different positions because we're trying to find that diamond in the rough. So although yesterday that injury hurt this football team, we are deeply saddened today to talk about it and learn the news of t- Tim Patrick being done for the year. It also, there is a silver lining of it, and that's the reps that these guys are going to get. And also just the fact that they're going to be looked at as, well, who could play all of these positions? Or, or is this person just limited to maybe playing two out of three of the wide receiver positions, which will really hurt this t- help this team long-term when you look at the depth aspect where last year this team was lacking? The domino effect from Tim Patrick injury. You talked about Montreal Washington getting more offensive reps because most likely Marvin Mims Jr. is going to be looked at to see if he can fill one of these number one spots. So if Marvin Mims Jr. is now a number one receiver, you're probably not going to have him returning kicks. 
So now it's an opportunity for Montreal Washington, particularly now with K.J. Hamler, not on this team currently. So the domino effect of those two moves yesterday, K.J. Hamler leaving due to a, a mild heart condition. Hopefully he can uh, recover from that. He's talked about some of his mental health issues and struggles outside of football based on the football field and his struggles to be on the field. Uh, it is a very trying time. It's a very lonely, difficult time. I think we've all talked about the rehab process and how difficult that is. And in fact, Sean Payton did talk yesterday about uh, watching Tim Patrick uh, rehab and how it made the injury yesterday all that more difficult to watch and deal with. I think especially with a player like him who's a veteran, who's who's so well-respected and, you know, when I got hired here, I saw him. He was one of the guys I just saw every day because he was, you know, rehabbing last year's injury. So that that that's what makes it uh, more difficult. Yeah, it is difficult when you see somebody put in the amount of work it takes to recover from an ACL, and then to see them go down the very next season and literally the very first padded practice of the year. Uh, I think even as hardened of a heart as coaches have to have, because you see players get injured all the time. You, you can't help but feel for that guy who's now going to be in that exact same situation again. You're going to walk by the training room, and you're going to see him in there for the second year in a row, busting his butt to try to join his teammates on the field. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're Sean Payton, can you really take a chance on Tim Patrick? Can, mm. If you're this Denver Broncos organization, can you really take a chance on a player that has been unavailable the last two years? You know, I look at you know next year, and, and that's why... It really hurts me watching Tim Patrick go down yesterday because I know what this means. I know that come next year, you know, Sean Payton's going to look at, at Tim Patrick and when he gets healthy, can you afford to take the risk of this guy going out there trying to play football knowing that there's $10 million on the line, which is that's his salary for 2024? Probably not. Does Walmart money? I know Walmart money is Walmart money, and it's by far the most amount of money that any ownership has. But they can you do you want to risk a ten million dollar investment knowing that this guy got hurt the last two years on the first padded practice? That's almost five percent of your salary cap. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's it's too bad for you. And can Tim Patrick regain explosiveness after an ACL? And an Achilles, you know, at the wide receiver position, explosiveness, uh, stopping, cutting, turning with the lower leg injuries. That's a very difficult road to come back from. So, again, my heart completely goes out to Tim Patrick. Uh, when Big O and I come back, uh, O was at practice yesterday. We'll get a chance to hear his observations. Uh, we're here live. From Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone, thanks to our friends at Con Construction, Colorado-owned and family-operated commercial general contracting for over 30 years along the front range. ConConstruction.com. O and I will be back with some talk about yesterday's practice. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. Take me walking, out through the backyard we go walking, then you look into my eyes. We are currently efforting to get our guy Andrew Mason, but oh, uh... Sometimes we don't need Mace. We got you. You were at practice yesterday. Care to share what you saw? General thoughts from day one of Broncos padded practices. I, I know it's such a little thing, Chad, but I, I like the structure and the organization of it. That's not a little know, thing. It's like, massive. Um, like just like how they came out and the extensive 
kind of jog through period that they had before stretching mm-hmm. and you know the amount of plays that they were able to get in they had a offense and a defense on one field and an offensive defense on the other field so there wasn't a lot of wasting time guys were able to kind of get a slow motion mental rep get some corrections in with their coaching with their coaches before they even started before they hit the ground running and then when they hit the ground running and and finished warming up it was like boom 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 everything was super fast they were moving from drill to drill and it just looked like they were dialed in it looked like the players understood the assignment where they were going right after this period what they were going to do in that period and there wasn't a lot of on the field coaching going on yesterday the efficiency of, of practice, I think, is a, is a hallmark of a good coaching staff. Do the players know where to go? Are we coaching on the field? Has everyone been coached before we hit practice? Because as we talked about in the last segment, there's a limited time that you are allowed to be on the field as a football team. The practice time is governed by the CBA and is watched over by the NFL and the NFL Players Association. So you cannot waste a rep by having all this conversation right after someone does a mess, makes a mistake or right before we go into the next period. Here, fellas, here's what we're going to do. All that stuff needs to be taken care of in the meeting room. You talked about that jog through before practice. Uh, just as a reminder, you know, there's guys on this football team who are in their, you know, mid to late 30s. Your, uh, your, uh, gosh, who am I thinking of here? Uh, Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson. There we go. Russell we got, Wilson. Russell Wilson. Then we got guys who are in their early 20s. And so everybody's, you know, guys who are from the South, guys who are from the West, guys who went to Ivy League schools, guys who barely didn't need school at all. So there's so many different learning styles that the last layer of learning styles is that walkthrough right before practice starts. And they don't have playbooks anymore. They get iPads. But on the iPad, there's, a, there's the black and white drawing of the play that you're going to be asked to do. Then there's a write-up below that that kind of describes what all 11 guys in the field are going to be doing on that play. Then at some point, you watch some tape on it. Then at some point, the coach draws it up on the board. And he creates some motion. You're going to do this. This guy's going to do this. And this happens. All right, well, we'll dive into the breakdown of NFL learning. We are joined right now by Andrew Mason, our senior writer at DenverSports.com on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. Mace, my friend, first day of pads yesterday. Two Bronco receivers are now no longer part of this year's plans. Uh, talk about the the feeling uh, after seeing two guys leave the wide receiver room, K.J. Hamler and Tim Patrick, yesterday. Well, I mean, with all respect to K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick is the, is the one that's uh, the biggest thing here. And, that's, and what happened with him really deflated the entire practice, it seemed like. I mean, the energy just seemed to seep out of the team for uh, a while after watching him go down, even though practice continued. I mean, uh, K.J. Hamler, it's, it's, un- it's unfortunate what he's dealing with, the pericarditis, of course. And uh, he, he should be able to uh, recover nicely from that uh, on medication. But the Broncos weren't really planning or, and banking anything on K.J. Hamler being available. If he had been, it would have been a, a nice bonus, an addition, uh, addition of speed. And, uh, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's try to, to figure out how we, we, we find a, a role for him. Uh, he wasn't being looked at as a core part of what the Broncos were trying to accomplish in 2023. So that, uh, so what happened with him and, and uh, putting him on the away of NFI list, that, uh, that certainly has a different uh, feel for the team overall than seeing someone who was integral to what they 
wanted to do in 2023, having torn uh, having torn his Achilles. Mace, you're the hardest working person that I know in media. Right now, we're being told that we got to keep the interview to five minutes because I know the practice is getting ready to start over there. We're getting ready to see day six of training camp. You've seen everything that the Broncos have done, all the OTAs. You've seen the first five days of practice. Give us your overall general assessment of Russell Wilson and where you think he's at right now and where you think he could get to by the end of training camp. I mean, I think that it's three words, work in progress. I mean, there are some things that you like and uh, and some things that are shaky. I mean, he's, he's testing out his pass catching targets, like the, uh, the interception to Greg Dulcich on Saturday that uh, was tipped by Justin Simmons to uh, Caden Stearns. Uh, that's part of finding out, hey, what can Greg Dulcich do? Uh, can he make a play uh, in tight coverage with a with – Minim, with a minimal to non-existent window uh, downfield if you get him the ball. And that, against a really good safety like Justin Simmons, and uh, that uh, uh, proved to be in the negative at, at that moment. So I'd like, I mean, they, they, I'd like to see uh, just a, a few more splash plays, but I think they're coming. And we did see some of those in OTAs and minicamp. It just sometimes depends on what they're emphasizing uh, that day and the opportunities for that. So I, th- I think there's pro- I think there's progress. I think the entire offensive operation in terms of snap to throw and snap to uh, to bre- to break off and get beyond play structure. I think all that looks much quicker than it did last year when uh, Russ was in the pocket going through the progressions that left him something of a sitting target. So that part. I'm encouraged by this and, and, and encouraged to see where he goes in the future. All right, last one for us, Mace, before we let you go and uh, observe practice today. You just sent out a tweet. The Broncos had four picks on day two of the 2020 NFL draft. Just one remains, Lloyd Cushenberry. So K.J. Hamler, Michael Ojemudia, Lloyd Cushenberry, and McTelvin Ajim were those four draft picks on day two of the 2020 draft. What does that say to you about the Broncos' draft success? Is there an overall story you're trying to communicate there with that tweet? Well, I mean, that was John Elway's last draft, of course, as a, as a Broncos executive. And, I mean, it's, it, it just goes hand-in-hand hand with uh, the, the, the general success or lack thereof of quite a few of the post-Super Bowl 50 drafts. And the thing is, I mean, the 2020 draft, that's, those, are, those should be your, your fourth-year guys. Those should represent a part of the core of what you have on the roster right now and you look and you look from that draft and uh, what you've got left is uh, Jerry Judy of course they did pick up the fifth year option on him and um, Lloyd Cushenberry and Justin Sternad you know backup linebacker special teamer and Albert Okwebenam and uh, so you're looking at the returns from that draft that should be helping provide at least, uh, you know, a multiple starters, you know, three, four starters plus uh, some core reserves, and it's not working out. And this is part of what the Broncos are still fighting back from in terms of overall roster building and why at some positions they don't have, they, they don't have depth. And, 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 and then the past two years, of course, the challenge of working uh, without all the draft picks because of the Russell Wilson trade. It's still a roster that is, 
in need of some refinement and some improvement overall. And uh, I think it, to me, it serves as another reminder that uh, getting things right as they need to be in the Sean Payton era may well take some time in terms of getting the roster right top to bottom. Good stuff, Mace. Always appreciate it. Thanks, my friend. Enjoy practice today. Uh, thanks, Mace. No problem. You, you fellas take care. Talk to you later. Thanks. That was Andrew Mason, our senior writer at DenverSports.com, brought to us on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. Uh, oh, we've both been in locker rooms, and there's some good draft classes, there's some bad draft classes. But when you think about four guys from day two of the 2020 draft, K.J. Hamler, Michael Ojemudia, Lloyd Cushenberry, and McTelvin Najim, only one currently with the Denver Broncos that affects your depth, uh, that that affects your salary cap in significant ways. You got to kind of go out there and shore up some of these positions with free agents and things like that. Uh, what's your take on Mace's thought that uh, three of the four guys no longer with the Broncos? Bad drafting. Um, somebody needs to be held accountable for these actions and decisions. But I'm not going to sit here and harp on the things that you just harped on, Chad. It affects all those things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when you want to be a good football team, good football teams don't miss on draft picks. That's how you create depth. There's a reason why going into this training camp, why we like the first 22 on paper, but then after we're like, what the heck's going to happen here? And (laughs) it's exactly a direct correlation with what you just said. When you have three out of four guys in a draft class that no longer on our football team, and this these guys should be on rookie contracts. You want those guys to stick around as long as possible. And if you could tender them some way, somehow, you want to be able to do that. You know, what you don't want is that three out of four no longer on your football team. All right. Our broadcast from Training Camp 2023 is powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. When Owen and I come back, with the, with the Tim Patrick injury yesterday, who does the pressure move on to in that wide receiver room? We'll talk about that next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. Stepping out. Stepping out. One of my favorite summer songs here. Open oh, me. Here comes Rasta. It's a good little vibe, right? Oh, fantastic. Just want to be on the back porch. Relaxing. Or at the or beach. Just, yeah. Whatever you're doing, you just want to make sure you, there's nothing on the agenda. <laughs> right? That's all that matters. Yes. <laughs> Please don't give me anything else to do. Yeah, I'm this song about four or five times in a row and get my chill on. Yeah. Please rip that honey do list up. Yes, honey don't, <laughs> honey don't today. Please give me the don't list. Yes, yeah. sir. All right, Orlando Franklin and I, Chad Brown, are at uh, the DenverSports.com zone right across the street from the Centura Health Training Center. Folks are streaming into Broncos practice. Uh, the news from the day still continues to be the. Uh, aftershocks of the injury to Tim Patrick yesterday. Um, football goes forward. It doesn't go back. We don't, a referee makes a mistake in the game. The results of the game don't change. We stick with it. We got to keep moving forward. We can't change what happened yesterday with Tim Patrick. All we can, can do is control how we react to this. The Broncos wide receiver room. There's going to be a reaction within that room. We talked about it in the first couple segments. Some of those younger guys, your Jalen Virgils, your, your your other guys like that who have the opportunity, your, um, your Brandon Johnsons, those guys who have the opportunity. 
But now, who does the pressure to move in that room to be the guy, the leader in that room? Now, two years in a row, Tim Patrick, the guy who we thought of as the best leader, no longer going to be a part of that wide receiver room. Yeah, I don't think that you could force it. I think it has to happen organically, mm-hmm. right? I, I can't sit here and pinpoint one of these guys, but I think Cortland has always been a leader, and we saw that many, many years ago. I think even with the friction with him and Emmanuel Sanders had that you could tell like there was friction, some, a fight, yeah, and <laughs> blows. But you could tell that there was some leadership qualities there, right? You know, with the how a young rookie carries himself, and yeah, you're not going to punk me out. I'm, I'm going to respond. I'm going to take care of business. But you're looking at this wide receiver room now. Those are some big shoes to fill. You cannot lead, and it it, it cannot not be organic. It has to be something that you are doing every single day. You know, we talk about Tim Patrick, and yes, everything that we have heard about him, has that he was a great leader, vocal leader as well. But now it's about other people stepping up in those roles. And if you don't have one of those guys in that building already, man, you better go find it. Because I think every single locker room needs certain guys in certain positions that kind of naturally happen, right? So this leadership thing that we always talk about, it is a big thing when you look at football. It's a big part of the culture as well. And you hope that the Broncos have somebody that's a vocal leader, but also could go out there each and every day and show that I am willing to die for this. Like, I stand on what I'm saying, right? I could sit here and chirp you and talk and be this vocal leader, but when I get out here on the football field, I match the same energy that my mouth matches when we're off the football field. Uh, Sean Payton talked yesterday after practice about the depth at the Broncos wide receiver spot. Yeah, look, we have a lot of guys working right now. It's early. Um, we're just we're getting to know the guys that have been here, and then there's some guys that we brought in. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we kind of have those meetings at night where we talk about each position group. Yesterday, we met for two hours on the roster and kind of discussed. You know, if we were bringing in an extra player, it'd be this position right now or this position. Um, that's kind of the way we approach it. I expect them to not stand pat as they did last year. They didn't bring in uh, somebody last year to replace Tim Patrick when he went down. I think this year uh, with Sean Payton recognizing how valuable experience is um, to lean upon these young guys uh, another year while Russell Wilson is trying to rebound, while Sean Payton is trying to install a brand new offense, may not be the way to go. I expect them to scan the waiver wire, see who's available, who's on their couch right now, or maybe there'll be a situation where they can look around the rest of the league and there's an older guy who may be on the bubble that they can make a possible trade for. Because if you're going to go with the youth movement like they did last year, the results weren't what you would hope for. It's not the wisest decision, though, Chad. You talked about, you know, kind of scanning the waiver wire and looking to guys on at home, maybe a guy on their couch. Um, knowing that you've had some injuries, right, and K.J. Hamler, mild heart condition, and now Tim Patrick with the Achilles, do you think that one way is better than the other, right? Should uh, George Payton be looking at the possibility of a waiver wire where there's been a body in training camp, this guy has done some things, or might he find that diamond in the rough that might be at home on the couch right now? Uh, that is a, you know, I mean, I'm trying to look at the best wide receivers available in, in free agency right now. 
<clears throat> because we talk about injuries all the time, right? right? While you're looking that up, we talk about injuries all the time. We're looking at Tim Patrick. He just got hurt for a second year in a row. At the wide receiver position, it's unlike anything else. So, like, you could be on your couch right now. The Broncos give you a phone call. Tomorrow, you're running 10,000 steps. Right. Tomorrow, you got to go pick it up, right? And, and pick it, put your foot in the ground, make these cuts, right? And, and all of a sudden, you go from trying to do football drills at whatever facility that you're doing them at to doing them against other NFL players, and you might risk injury as well. It's almost inevitable. You bring in a defensive back or you bring in a wide receiver at this point during training camp and ask them to dive right into it right as the team is starting to pick up pace, they're going to get a groin. You're going to get a hamstring. That guy is going to miss some time. So to your point, no matter whether it's a guy from another team, well, probably because he's been in training camp, maybe he wouldn't suffer that injury situation. But if it's a guy off his couch, there's going to be some missed time, a couple days where he's at the very least going to be limited because he's coming off his couch and diving right into football. But at the same time, you got to love the uh, experience that maybe if you were to get some of these guys off their couch that they could actually bring somebody who's been in the league six, seven, eight years who can walk into this situation with some familiarity, maybe not the terminology, having worked with Sean Payton, but at least some of the concepts have some of those down already because he's been around the league a bit. Should the Broncos look at Julio Jones? Oh, that may be too much experience. Mm. That may be too much on the on the other side. Uh, the last two years, uh, I see I've seen flashes from Julio Jones, but nothing from a consistency basis that would say we need we need to bring this guy in and have him in a role that we can count on him game in and game out. Uh, Julio Jones, I think, is better suited maybe for a late season pickup if you're in a little bit of an emergency situation. But if you're going to bring a guy in now, you're thinking he's going to be with you most of the year. Um, so and probably not Julio Jones. You, and you can't bring in Julio and say, hey, day one, you're running with the threes. No, no. Like, you, you, like that just would not really happen. I don't think Julio would. Do you think he would sign on to a football team like like the Broncos right now where that would probably almost certainly be the thing? Right, if you sign on right now, it's hey, I gotta go in. I'm learning a playbook. I'm probably running with the third group where it just looks absolutely awful out there. It's too early for Julio. There, there are going to be other opportunities. I think, I think for a lot of veteran players, we've seen uh, Dominican Sue do that over the last couple of years. Where I'm not even talking to you guys during training camp. Once you guys get the you know the third preseason game, then I'll take my tour. I'll have a discussion. I'll round my way into shape weeks one through three. And then I'll get into the rotation after that. Now you know I'll make five, six, seven, ten million dollars. Uh, Julio Jones, I don't think will command that kind of salary. But if I'm Julio, this particular situation here, where there's seems to be three guys they like at the three starting positions um, maybe not the best opportunity I think I'd sit that out of our Julio and, and wait to see if there's a better opportunity for me someplace else yeah I think George Payton however he does it one, I do believe that he should bring in somebody else just to kind of lighten the workload in this wide receiver room these guys are going to get reps. They're going to get opportunities. They're moving up, and like maybe a guy like Kendall Hinton steps into Tim Patrick role today where now he's playing just against better competition, right? But I would be looking at what these other teams are going to do over the next two weeks. We're getting ready to play football, baby. There will be cuts. Guys will be, be in, um, deleted out of certain training camps, and now I might look at that guy as an addition for the Denver Broncos because he has been running. He has been around a football team. They have been taking care of their body, and their body has been holding up 
football is such a tricky sport that you could take a guy off the, the streets and, you know, that person that hasn't been doing something and all of a sudden you get in here and you risk so much injuries. A guy that comes to mind right now that just happened over the couple last couple days that was on the streets a couple weeks ago was all-pro uh, offensive lineman Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. On the streets, signs, signs, okay, two practices in, boom, done for the year. Torn tricep, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, when you bring a guy in off, off the streets, there is that immediate threat of maybe he's not up to speed from a training perspective, and uh, it'll be a signing that brings no fruit because he guy gets banged up or nicked up in those first couple of days. Uh, before Owen and I end this segment, I want to hear this sound from Sean Payton about what he says to the team when you have an injury like uh, what Tim Patrick had yesterday. Well, look, check on the player first, and, and then you know the players kind of handle that. We there's a period of time where you, you got to get on and begin working again, but um, it's always difficult to watch. Uh, Sean Payton, it is difficult to watch. It's definitely a sad moment for the team, and it's one of those sobering football moments where the player realize that could be me. That could be me. So, yeah, do I pour myself more into this, or do I try to protect myself these next couple practices? The worst part about it is that you are so valuable to a football team, and then you're on the ground, and you're no longer valuable. Yeah, You go from it's a being harsh. Mr. World and you're everything to this squad, and they're relying on you, and you are one of the foundations and the building blocks to now Tim Patrick was on that field, and for about 20 seconds, you, you, you realize that, yeah, this person's valuable, this person's valuable, but then a minute into it, it's you've already moved on. The mindset has changed, and now this person's no longer with you, and next man up, here we go. You can't help the club when you're in the tub. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk uh, about O's observations from practice yesterday. Uh, what does he think of Russ so far? We're here live at Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends at Con Construction, family-owned and family-operated. Commercial general contracting for over 30 years along the front range, ConConstruction.com.